to the Practical Family Podcast with Jennifer Bryant, encouraging your family to build strong foundations and healthy homes. Hello and welcome back to the Practical Family Podcast. This is your host, Jen Bryant, and I am especially excited to introduce this topic to you today, Raising Courageously Creative Kids. This is based on Jenny Randall's new book, Courageous Creative, that just came out this month, and I am excited to introduce it to you finally because when Jenny was back on the show earlier this year, I thought, okay, this is a great way to get parents fired up about what it means to be creative for themselves and then how to get their kids into it. Well, now that Jenny's book has been released, oh my goodness, you guys, I've been using this as a devotional with my own daughter at the beginning of our homeschool day, and it's awakening our senses to the creativity that we didn't even know we had. I tell you, creativity is not just like painting and drawing. It's organizing, it's building, it's dreaming. It's all of these things that we can unlock and unleash in our kids and in ourselves, guys. The perspective that we're taking in today's episode, though, is as parents, and especially because a lot of you do homeschool your kids, you have the opportunity to let some of that out in yourself, to not always be bound by the checklist. I got to get it done. I got to get it done. Yes, we do, but we also need to make time to play because that's just as important to our brains and our kids' brains as the rest of the stuff. We can be creative in math, in science, in language arts, in storytelling. Guys, this is a great opportunity to jump in and help your kids understand how to be used, how to use their God-given talents and gifts for the building up of the body of Christ and the rest of the world. So don't miss this episode today of Raising Courageously Creative Kids with author and speaker Jenny Randall. She's a creative ninja. She's an Emmy award-winning digital editor, and she and her husband founded the digital marketing company called Yellow Chair Creatives. They live in Syracuse, New York with their two precious kids, and she encourages men and women to live transformational lives in Christ. Jenny is a prayer warrior. I had the pleasure of joining her on one of her Facebook Live prayer meetings, and it was amazing, amazing what God's doing in her life and in the lives of the folks involved in this ministry. So without further ado, my interview with Jenny Randall. Tell me what was what was behind getting this book written and published because it was something different before, but you kind of recreated it. Is that right? Yeah. So I self-published a first version of that called Thirty One Day Create, actually, and mm-hmm. it was similar content. And then God just orchestrated like miracle after miracle after miracle of just divine connections. Um, scholarships to conference, like a conference, a speaker writer conference, meetings with the right people. Before I went to a conference, the day before my book came out, so I had it in hand. So I had the self-published version in hand, took it to the conference, showed everybody I could. And I had a meeting there that landed me a literary agent. And then a month later, we signed a book deal with Harvest House Publishers, our publisher. So they gave it a way greater look. I love the design of it. We retitled it and went through editing changes and a couple other things. So just 
aligning with them has been a huge blessing and it's helped further the message than I could have ever imagined. That's it's incredible. It's, it's just, I love how even the design and the flow of this works outside of the lines. When I read through this, it's like, Oh yeah, that's better on the eye. Like that makes me excited because of the color or the layout. Yeah. I, I just really, really am getting into it. But I wanted you to come back on today. We had you on a few months ago um, just to talk about what creativity means and how we don't have to look at what it means to be a creative person in a, in a sense that, oh, I don't paint, I don't draw, therefore I'm not creative. But Courageous Creative has opened my eyes to what all of that means. But today we want to talk more about, because we're ministering to a lot of homeschool families here at Practical Family, that creativity can look like so many other things, but specifically how to guide our kids into the creative process. So can you give me some of your initial thoughts on that? Because I know you're excited about this too. Yeah, well, I actually have been blown away. So I'm not sure when this episode's releasing, but when we're recording right now, the book has been out for two days and our launch team, there are 50 people that went through it and they got a pre-release of the book. But a lot of people have told me I'm using this book with my family and with my kids. And I'm actually shocked by it. I, I guess I knew it makes sense and I've done it with my kids, but I didn't imagine that God would use it that way so fast, I Mm. guess. So it's really, I'm getting emotional just talking about it because there was somebody years ago that came into our church and like singled me out in a service and was like, I feel like you have a calling on your life. You love people so well, and you are going to be an example of family to people. And seeing people dive into this content, dive into their creativity as a family. And I got to be a part of that. It's just like blowing me away. It reminded me of that moment years ago where God used somebody to speak life into me in that moment. And I just, it's mind blowing. It's just, ah. So thank you for your kind words in the beginning and saying that. And I love that you guys are using it as a family. Oh, for sure. For sure. How have you seen then, as you've been uh, working and talking with more mothers, fathers, how is it that they are being released to be a blessing to and with their kids with this content? Yeah, it's almost like a twofold. So I see, uh, of course, it's creating greater connection as a unit and it's creating opportunity for fun because in Courageous Creative, there's daily activities that you can do to stretch your creativity. So people are doing that together. So it's strengthening the bond as a parent-child. And I love it too because for the parent, it's actually bringing that childlike wonder back because you're not just watching your kids play, but you're actually doing it too. So I I just, I've been loving the results so far. Um, There's one challenge that's like find, find an object and draw around that real life object. And to see um, somebody I know, he's a dad, he posted a picture of what he created and he posted a picture of what his daughter created. And it was just so cool because they had that special moment together, do going after the same activity and being inspired in different ways. And it was just fun to see that. Oh, wow. I love that. My nine-year-old daughter, Chloe, and I went through this week uh, photography. 
So you mentioned just real briefly about when you look at a scene, consider the foreground, the middle ground, and the background. And we are studying the CC Classical Conversations curriculum in homeschool. And just these past few weeks in art, they've been teaching us just real simple concepts about perspective, about just the, the lines, how to draw lines, curved lines, angled lines, just real simple. Just, just make a picture with just these things. And then in our final project, we kind of have to bring all these things together and then abstract art we did. Chloe loved that. Oh my gosh. Wow. So when we get this assignment from Courageous Creative to just take a photo, just here, take my phone, honey, and take a picture of something that looks like it's being created or that goes along with the verse of 2 Corinthians 5.17, you're a new creation in Christ, all things have been made new. And the picture that she came back with was perfectly within those parameters, but wow. she had all of the freedom to look. And that's the thing, stretching our eyes as adults helps our kids to see things in ways that they are not stretched to see things when they're looking at two-dimensional screens or yeah. playing the same games all the time. Like it's an expanded view of the world that I get chills just thinking about it because I can't believe yeah. I haven't been taking advantage of this so far, you know? Yeah, it's true. And I just love hearing that. And it, it reminds me of, um, we had a four-year-old foster child who lived in our home for nine months and in that process, she went through really trauma, really hard, hard stuff. And we got the idea, let's give her a camera and see how she sees the world. And oh gosh, again, I don't know why I'm so emotional today, but we gave her this camera and to look through the pictures and see how she was just processing the world around her and like close-ups of her stuffed animals and to see the things she valued and thought were photo worthy, it was just remarkable. Mm -hmm. It really like help us parent her better in that season and be able to love her. And it's, it's a fun creative outlet too. So she, it's like such a win-win. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was, it was powerful. Oh gosh. It's, that's beautiful. How we see the world, how we see it is projected onto the things that we create. Wow. That speaks yeah. a lot about even mus you know, musicians, poets, poets that become musicians, you know, it's yeah. so deep and meaningful. And if we don't give our, ourselves a chance to tap into that, we're missing a lot, aren't we? Yeah. And too, it reminds me of like, are we looking at the world through God's lens? Or like, how are we processing our environment around us? Are we entering into God's story? Or are we so, I mean, this is like a big theological topic, but or are we so invested in our old world, in our own world that we're only self-focused and looking through that lens. So there's so many layers of just how we create, how we perceive the world around us, whose story are we actually a part of and who are we creating for? And anytime, even in creating, you can open up that conversation with a child, you're teaching them about character traits of God. And it's, it's really valuable and powerful. I wanted to ask you about our process and creating at home. I noticed that with my kids, I have a nine-year-old and a uh, girl and an eight-year-old boy, and mm -hmm. when I'm working with them on a project and they are um, not satisfied with the outcome, whether it's, it's art and painting or drawing or building or anything like that, they, they sink into deep disappointment when it mm -hmm. doesn't turn out the way that they see it turning out in their head. How yeah. do you deal with that? 
as part of the creative process, dealing with disappointment? Gosh, I'm just having flashbacks of all the Pinterest fails I've had over the years, and I can totally relate. That's a great question, and we can't avoid disappointment. Um, I, I woke up the day my book came out, and I was just lying there, and I told my husband, I'm like, wow, this is weird. I feel literally exactly the same. And it was almost a disappointment because I don't know what I expected, like <laughs> balloons to be like falling from the sky and <laughs> angels to be singing because my book is officially released into the world. But I romanticized this moment so much that when it came, it was like kind of, oh, well, it's just a normal day. And we can do that with our artwork or the things we create. We romanticize it like it's going to look like this or it's going to be like this. And then when it isn't, it's totally a buzzkill and you feel let down. And I think at the end of the day, that's okay to be disappointed and it's okay to be able to communicate through that. And it creates great conversation too. Well, why are you disappointed? How can you get to what you wanted it to look like for next time? But it's also a bigger thing because what you're really talking about is identity stuff. And how do you get your worth? Because for me... I struggle with performance mentality. So like the more I do, the better I am. And God has totally reshaped everything within me in that. But it's easy for me to fall back into those patterns of like looking for my worth in the job I do. So our identity, even if we fail, even if we succeed, we should be okay because God's love is far greater. That's where we get our worth from, not from our success, not from our failure. So Mm -hmm. I know that's such a loaded and big statement, but if you can face failure while you're discipling your kids and teaching them art and all these different things, if you can face failure kind of from that perspective of, well, where are you getting your worth from? Of course, we want our kids to succeed. Of course, we want them to find their passions and we want to be able to nurture them in that. But at the end of the day, I want my kids to walk in such healthy identity that when they do fail, they know where their worth comes from and they're going to be able to get back up and try again and do better next time. Right. That the setback, right? Facing failure. I I even hate to use that or to put that F, the F word on. The F word. (laughs) On disappointment, like, because it feels like, and to some personality types too. Um, of adults and some personality types of kids, like disappointment feels like total and utter utter failure. Like my son will get down on himself. He'll he'll like throw things. He'll like he'll take his thing he was building and he'll go and like he. It's that act of aggression, right? And I used to get mad at him, but that was his expression, his release. I, I wouldn't want him to bottle it up, you know. Yeah. In other words, like it's good that he's at least expressing frustration and anxiety about what he's doing my daughter on the other hand will get really solemn and quiet Mm. and then she'll mutter things like I'm never gonna do it it's never gonna happen (laughs) she gets really like evil villain about it right I'm sorry I'm laughing but the way you just performed that was like a really great monologue (laughs) it is And she is a girl, right? So I think she's naturally more emotionally dramatic about things. But I have to notice that. I go, okay, my kids have different reactions toward how they feel like they succeed or how they feel like they live up to whatever expectations in front of them, right? So how do I deal with their disappointments individually? And with my son, it's like words of affirmation, I think, work the best for him when he's in that dark, 
place where he just wants to destroy it and start from the beginning. (laughs) But I see him come up a lot sooner, but he needs to know that somebody believes in him. My daughter, on the other hand, I've talked with her through those questions of identity, and that's what she connects with the most. The, The emotional... Uh, parts of herself like when I'm asking her the tough questions and I bring her out of the dark place with questions of truth yeah she starts to see things differently because and then she starts using her words and talking and making sense and making connections I'm like oh my gosh you're like a little you're like a little woman (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it really is like in our own creative adventures and our families like we have a great opportunity to, to, to disciple them through that. Yeah. And you're doing a really good job. And that's a great, great example. Oh, thank you. Will you help us to understand a little bit more, Jenny, about our creative processes as adults, wherever we are in life, whether we are an active creator of stuff or whether we're just like trying to manage things and mm-hmm. where creativity comes in in that case? Yeah. So creativity is the act of making stuff. So it's sort of looking at that broader picture of what am I making daily? Uh, Maybe you're discipling your kids. Maybe you're making pizza, maybe. (laughs) And just kind of having a gauge of, okay, where, how is God using me in this season? And what do I have a part of shaping? And what do I have a part of making? And then asking for wisdom in that. And kind of what you were just touching on, trusting that Holy Spirit will give you wisdom as you parent as you lead your kids through their art projects, as you're making the pizza. Because when you can create, it's actually a form of worship. You're creating for the ultimate creator. You're tapping into that source because he is the ultimate creator. And it's meant to be beautiful and it brings joy. So you don't have to be a professional, quote unquote, creative. You can just do stuff for fun. Make time. If you're like, I'm not creative, just make time to have fun. Have fun with your kids. Go to a painting class with a friend. Make time to just enter in and enjoy it. And that will connect you with God. And it brings healing too, you know? It brings healing. Um, Art therapy, I started looking into that. I don't know much about it, but it's amazing just the research behind that and entering into art to bring healing. Studies actually show when you can create something from a place of joy and happiness, people connect with that more than creating from a place of darkness and depression. So it just further proves that when we can tap into the source, God, people are going to connect with that because he is joy. I had one woman who reached out and she said, when I was young, I always wanted to be a writer and I would write really dark, dark stuff. And then I became a Christian and I thought, I can't write what I used to write anymore. So she completely stopped Mm. and she got a hold of, I'm just, ah, she got a hold of these creative challenges and the book and started working through it. And like, God totally used it to just re-spark that in her again. And she started writing and like it brought healing to her world. And it was just, it's such a testimony of like, (laughs) it made me laugh because she felt like, oh, I can only write like really rated G Christian-y stuff. (laughs) And I don't think we're all called to create in that way. Um, So she was able to express herself the way God had wired her for the season. And in that she was processing through so many emotions and it brought such healing. It was Mm. so cool. He's so cool. Oh, I love it. I love it. So Jenny, talk to us a little bit more about that, that creative process and the things that kill our creativity. 
Yeah. So the biggest two things are lack of time and stress. Those are the biggest creativity killers. And then there's fear of failure or fear of criticism. There's people pleasing, performance mentality, kind of aligning yourself with the whole tortured artist vibe and mental illness can really hold us back from that creative expression. Should we tell them that you took the quiz? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> tell it. Tell it. So I, I have a quiz <laughs> at JennyRandall.com and it's like, the question is what's killing your creativity? And you go through a whole bunch of questions and you can get nine responses. And Jen, I do want to say this. We know you're a creative ninja. That's one of the responses you could have gotten. We know that. So I'm sure you were taking the quiz through the lens of this is me on a really hard day. We can have a healthy creative process one day and the next day we can be struggling and have an unhealthy process. So oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. this is Jen and her unhealthy process, which I'm sure still was really healthy. But your creativity is being killed by lack of time. Mm-hmm. That was your result. How did you feel? Did you feel that was accurate? At this season in my life? Yes. And the last time I took this quit or the first time, um, which is a few months ago, uh, my killer was stress. And so oh, worrying about basically too many things happening. But now at this point in my life, I am now full-time homeschooling my daughter Whereas that wasn't the case before I had like six hours to myself in the morning and it was glorious, you know, I didn't realize how glorious it was until I lost it. And so, (laughs) so then living this new lifestyle now means that I have to be very intentional about how I time my day out and how I make time. And I don't always make time for me. It's always, you know, the kids and what they have scheduled and this comes up and, oh, we didn't get outside today. So yeah, I should take you to the park now. So, you know, there goes that time. So I am not good at protecting my own time in this new season of life. And now that I'm getting back into blogging and more podcasting, um, my husband and my kids know, hey, this is mommy's passion. She's going to do this. So I'll record. But then it's like, oh yeah, I need to schedule myself to like edit this episode <laughs> and, yeah. and share it on social media and create all the hundreds of backend things that go on. Yeah, I really get choked when I feel like, God, I don't have my own time for that. Because I know we can be in seasons and busy and then we can have seasons of rest. Do you feel like you're supposed to have more time where you can't focus on these things or do you think it's just a season of busy? I feel like right now it's a season of busy because the the whole the monkey on my back these past few years has been well okay we want to homeschool the kids and so mm-hmm. what does that mean what does that look like and if if it's establishing new routines and new time and my my personal time that I had before is going to get chopped up differently that's just the way it's going to be if we want this lifestyle you know yeah and the kids yeah. come first the kids in the house come first if anything I would say giving myself less stuff to do that's not necessary. It's like the whole decluttering yeah. thing, decluttering projects and commitments and less stuff to take care of around the house, things like that is where I'm looking right now. But I want to hear what you have to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm just uh, – my friend, Allie Kazaza, she's also a leader mm. and influencer. Have you heard of oh, her? I yes. feel like you would love her. I love Allie Kazaza's uh, stuff. Her sh- I've listened to her podcast and her sh- her show. I see her things. Yeah, she's purposeful mama for sure. I'd love to meet her someday. 
so I also have a marketing company and I work with her and we work together, which we've developed a friendship and she is just like teaches everything that you just said about decluttering and minimalizing and like being so intentional with your time and creating Mm. space so you can live a life you love. And, um, she's just, I've learned so much from just being on her team and like absorbing her knowledge Mm. where it's helped me be intentional within my own creative process and be intentional. Like, okay, if I'm hanging out with the kids and they're playing Legos or playing card games, I can do that too and have some fun and act like a kid again, or not that playing cards is like acting like a kid, but you know what I'm saying? Like enter into what they're doing and engage with them and Mm -hmm. just have fun and invest in them. And I mean, God calls us to different seasons and just letting go of that notion that it has to look like this, 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 and this, or maybe you were called over here for one season, but now the season's shifting and you're over here and being okay that it doesn't still look like this and letting go of the way it was and like asking God how to show you how to embrace what it is now and being a little uncomfortable for a while while you figure it out. Mm -hmm. It's like a dance. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the expectation thing flows absolutely. You know what? I used to write about simplicity in the home and now I feel like I can't even touch that because how dare I when I can't keep my home as tidy as I used to keep it. And I'm like, how does this look like a disaster right now? But then God started to show me, you know what? Look at that space right there. That Mm -hmm. space is where your son was cutting all kinds of stuff out of cardboard and (laughs) it's still all there right now, but it's time for dinner so you can't clean it up now. But he was having a special experience all his own right there. That place over there where the books are kind of all out of place, that's where the kids were discovering new stories. <laughs> or wow. this mess in the kitchen is where you were making things with Chloe and she was loving it. So stop getting down on yourself, Jen. You're a mom and you're giving your kids experiences. And I have to, like, I want to yes. cry right now because that's a truth that I have to keep reminding myself because I want things to look a certain way or to be better. I'm constantly trying to make myself or other things or other people better. And, and that can get unnecessarily heavy, you know? Yeah. 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 Do you think you are a perfectionist? Is that where that comes from? In a lot of ways. Yeah. I'd say that I'm a recovering perfectionist worrying about what will people think, what I'm even projecting as a, um, as a personality now on social media, on through practical mm-hmm. family. And I have to go back to what, what the Lord gave me at the beginning with that. Like, God's like, you are encouraging parents to look at the things that are most important. So thus being practical in whatever ways that is or that looks like means getting to the heart of what's more important. And so mm-hmm. why are you beating yourself up about things not being perfect and I would say, no, I, it's not that. I, I don't. It's not that I need it to be perfect. And then somebody puts their shoulder, their hand on my shoulder, and goes, "But that's how you're acting. Like mm. that's what's coming out of your spirit right now. You're worried about something that nobody ever asked you to be worried about. You know? Yeah. Wow. That's so. good. That's hard. I mean, being in this leadership social media space where you always have to be quote unquote the expert on Mm. something Mm -hmm. um it can be draining and god has convicted me so many times and have brought has brought me such 
um, and continues to bring me self-awareness to be like, okay, it's not about you. Yeah. It's not about you. It's about who are you glorifying? Who are you called to glorify? And who are you called to serve? It's about them. And it's about him. And when we can kind of shift the focus off of our own messes, literally, and shift our eyes to him and know that he's called you to something far greater. He's called you to a role of influence that he will sustain and he will provide wisdom for. And that the things you're doing are so important and not to not to worry about those details. I mean, man, I I wrote my book. It's the story's in the book. I was writing my book on creativity and I was stifling my kids' creativity. Like, talk about conviction. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're all a work in progress and it's just a testament to God's goodness and his grace, you know? It is. It is. And I think that everything that we create or, or what we choose to put out there in the world I mean, this is gutsy even now, just like it's, it's, I've come so far even from a year ago trying to record anything that's to me sounded intelligible and that somebody would want to listen to, but it's like, it was still about my output, worrying about my output, my performance, instead of the message that God is going to use in the hearts of moms that just want to hear a couple moms talk about real life and not like, oh, here's a five step plan to being awesome, (laughs) you know? It's, yeah. it's it's so wonderful how even just this world is shifting to what's real. You know, mamas want to find real. what's real. And, um, and in our creative processes, I've learned to even not be afraid of what I want to create because some of the things that come to my mind and my heart, I feel like aren't worthy or mm. aren't. Uh, nobody's going to want to hear that. Nobody's going to want to, you know, listen to that or watch that. And it's... No, just do it. God's like, girlfriend, just do it. I've made you uniquely special in you to just do it. And this is the same message I need to, um, I keep saying to my daughter when she's afraid of something. Last year, she was so totally afraid of getting up on stage and performing in a play. And now it's the only thing she wants to do. Wow. All the time. That's amazing. And it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. I just love, I love learning more about you. And I didn't realize you, do you do a lot of speaking as well? Trying to, you, trying to do more. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't say yeah. it's, it's been a lot now, but definitely trying to do more, get into, you know, the mops groups and things yeah. like that. It's, and even that too, it's like, gosh, what kind of speaker do they want to hear? I'm not particularly funny. I'm kind of serious. I'm kind of more of a teacher and, you know, <laughs> even, yeah. even doubting well, I, myself in that realm is crazy, you know? Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I was just going to say, like, because I'm a speaker, too. I'll travel speaking and writing and, you know, all that stuff. But you can perfect the perfect three-part sermon, whatever. And, of course, we should do our work and we should work hard and be prepared. But sometimes people will come up to me and be like, wow. And they'll just, like, take away a totally different message. Like, God will... <laughs> Just like yes. use whatever I had said and it impacted them in such a way I had not even imagined at all. And I'm just like, okay, God, like, won't he do it? Like, it's not right. I mean, we can do our part, but God is just doing miracles all around us. And all we can do is just be like, okay, whatever, like, whatever. Here's my offering, God, use it as you wish, you yes. know? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And it does require us to do something, (laughs) to put something out there and not just wait 
for it to happen for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. scary. And, yeah. And embracing, like you were touching on embracing your uniqueness because we are all so different yeah. and we're all wired so, so differently. And, and you can feel uh, when somebody's trying to be something they're not mm. and people connect with a genuine spirit. Mm. And if all you aim to do is to just glorify God it's going to land. It is going to land. And mm. that's just how I want to live my life. I'm definitely not an expert at it, but I mean, whew, we're all a work in progress. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Oh, well, thank you, Jenny. Any closing words or encouragement you want to give to our, our families today? This has been so good. Oh, yeah. If I were to share one thing with the families listening, I would just really want to urge them to go have fun with your kids and get creative. And like we started talking in the beginning, just go outside and connect with nature and the things God has made, like down to the details, just love, love what he has created. And that also means loving yourself because he created you and, mm -hmm. and asking to be self-aware in areas where we need to grow in areas where our creativity is being stifled and just really connecting with the source, which is God and go after it, go after it, chase those big dreams, do it as a family. Like we never know what it's going to look like, but just trust God with it. And, and one little step at a time. You've been listening to the Practical Family Podcast with Jenny Randall, author of Courageous Creative. Click on the link in our show notes or on our blog page and get a copy of this book today. Courageous Creative is a 31-day interactive devotional. And by interactive, she means interactive. This is a very creatively put together book. It's exciting. It has you pause and think about your creative process, how to stretch yourself as a person, how to stretch yourself spiritually, how to stretch yourself creatively in so many different ways. In her book, Jenny has written what she calls a creative manifesto. I want you to hear it read now and you can go back and listen to it and use it to encourage you in your creative process. The Creative Manifesto. My God is creative. He birthed the world into existence and spoke life into the lifeless. From the dust of the ground, a breath of life created a living being. In the image of God, I am made. Whole, unique, purposed. Creativity is in my DNA. As a child, I chased it. As an adult, I will learn to embrace it. I will not let regulations Rules or rejection erase it. God created me and will help me unleash my creativity to a greater degree. I will challenge and stretch myself and push past my comfort zones. And when I fail, I won't feel alone. For my identity is rooted in Christ who awakens my soul. I will use my talents and gifts to bring Him glory I will engage with God throughout my creative process and let Him write the story. I will be intentional to cultivate and nurture new ideas. I will encourage others, allow myself to dream, take risks, 
and believe that God holds the key to unlock new possibilities. I am created to create so that people will desire to connect with and reflect the ultimate creator. Thanks again for joining me today, guys. This has been the Practical Family Podcast with Jennifer Bryant. Please take some time to rate us, especially if you're listening in iTunes or wherever you're listening. Leave us a rating. That just helps us to get exposed to more folks who want encouragement for their family. And as always, we are here with you and families like yours to encourage you to build strong foundations and healthy homes. Mm